Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay. And um, I just want to thank you all for for being with the show and helping support it. It it means a lot. We're making a we're making a really big difference. You see, Alzheimer's Speaks was started because of my mom's 30-year journey with dementia, and it has just been life-changing in a beautiful, beautiful way uh, for me. And so Alzheimer's Speaks is basically an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift caregiving from crisis to comfort around the world. And so we have this radio show. We do Dementia Chats webinars, which we'll be doing one this afternoon. We have a blog, a YouTube channel, a resource directory, and we're all about raising everyone's voice. Um, If you're living with dementia, Uh, personally diagnosed or caring for someone or a business professional or an advocate, we really want to hear from you because Alzheimer's Speaks uh, believes that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to help remove the stigmas and myths attached to memory loss that, you know, isolate people. And it's just not fair because of an illness that people should feel so helpless and and alone. And together, I think we can we can truly help people understand the true needs of this disease, and um, create a supportive environment where where people are compassionate again and learn to help one another. I know that Alzheimer's Speaks is having an impact and making a difference, and that isn't just because of us. That's because of the collaboration with all of our audiences across all of our platforms. Each time you like us and share an episode or a blog post or a Twitter, you are spreading the word that there's hope. And so I want to thank each of you for doing that. And when you see you know, our information come across, if you can like it and share it with your, you know, Google um, groups or Google circles, your Facebook friends and families, your LinkedIn colleagues, your your Twitter tribes, um, all of those people need to see and hear um, and know that there's information available to them so that they can tap into it when it's needed. A lot of times people won't talk about their needs, um, but when you see information readily available, it becomes more trusting and more comfortable to reach out and grab when you need it. And, um, you know, we were um, recognized as the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And again, that was due to you taking those few seconds to share knowledge on social media um, and having conversations when you're speaking with others. So again, 
I really, really appreciate it um, so much. If you'd like to join the conversation today, you can easily do that. Uh, you can do it a couple of ways. We have a chat box that you can use um, where you can type in your answers, and I'll be reviewing that throughout the show. Or you can call in live to uh, 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714 714- Three six four four seven five seven, and we would love, absolutely love to hear from you, your questions, your comments. Um, our guests are always open uh, to to fielding calls and and uh, when people call in, so please don't hesitate to do that. I would also like to um, let you know that. You know, I, there's a few organizations that I think are critical for people to know about. One is you're, you're going to be hearing a lot more about creating dementia-friendly businesses and communities and becoming dementia-aware. And one of the best places to start is using the Purple Angel, which is the new global symbol for dementia. You can find that um, easily just by going to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to our About page, and there's a tab regarding the Purple Angel. We want this symbol to be as well-known and as well-accepted and respected as the pink ribbon is for breast cancer. And there's absolutely no reason that we can't do that. Um, All you have to do is read a short poster, and once you've done that, you can utilize that symbol on your Facebook page, in your emails, on your Twitter accounts. Um, It's absolutely endless. If you're a business, you can apply it to your marketing materials and your website as well just to show your support to shift our dementia care culture around the world. If you are, you know, struggling with this disease and you're looking for an Alzheimer's association close to you, I recommend that you go to Alzheimer's Disease International. You can just Google that. Or maybe you're looking for some research and um, global statistics and information. A wonderful, wonderful source. There you'll find out about the the G7 committees, which is pulling seven countries together uh, to have a plan to attack this. If you're looking for um, home health and you happen to be in the the Minnesota area, I highly recommend HealthStar Home Health. They actually have been certified as the Alzheimer's Whisperer Program. I believe they're in New Mexico as well. And then a lot of people are starting to push away from the pharmaceuticals and are looking for a more holistic approach to the disease. And the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation has a lot of alternatives um, from meditation and and research and exercise and food uh, that can help you out there. So check out the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Um, and then, you know, some of our listeners may or may not know, but there's all kinds of different types of dementia. We're really not even sure how many. I've heard anywhere from 70 to 130 at times. So there's lots of different types. Alzheimer's is the most pronounced. But um, you are also starting to hear a lot about Lewy body dementia and frontal temporal lobe and vascular dementia. And the Lewy body and frontal temporal lobe each have their own national organization. So Check, uh, check into that if you're dealing with those specific types of dementia. And then um, many times people will have problem, problems with speech, which I seem to be getting a little tongue-tied here today myself. 
So, um, so the National Aphasia Association is a wonderful resource that can explain a lot of things that can happen when when people have dementia. And then today um, we're also going to be having on Alzheimer's Music Connect on the second half. So I won't I won't say a lot about them other than they're an absolutely fabulous organization with a new technology to heighten the engagement when it comes to music. Um, Puzzle with Me is a great resource that has puzzles um, specific for adults that are easier to use, bigger sized, um, smaller numbers of pieces. And then the Jiminy Wicket program is also a great social engagement piece, um, which is a croquet game that can be used both for education as well as just great family fun or community fun. So, uh, let me go ahead and introduce our first guest today. Our show today is really going to focus on long-distance caregiving for the first half and then the power of music on the second half. And I am just um, so excited to have back with us today um, Lisa Hirsch. She is the author of My Mom, My Hero. And Lisa uh, lives in New York and cares for her mother long-distance. And she has been living with this role of long-distance caregiver for quite some time, and she is helping thousands of caregivers around the world through her book and her blog and just her social media presence. She's just uh, she's just kind of that, that support at the ready there. Um, I was lucky enough to meet her last year. Um, she invited me into her home for a meeting, and just one of the most gracious, lovely women I've ever met. Um, Lisa's book has over 175 great reviews, and both her book and her blog have been, like I said, just a godsend for so many people who are struggling as uh, their role as a care partner, especially um, long distance. So again, um, I encourage all of you who are listening to go ahead and call in as Lisa and I go ahead and and start our conversation here. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. We have a nice, beautiful, sunny day in New York that's going to be 70 degrees, and we're into almost November, so that's great. Wow. (laughs) We, we were like that yesterday. It's it's kind of dark and gloomy here in Minnesota, but it's not raining, so it's still okay. <laughs> it's still okay. It is. It Rainy is or not snowing? <laughs> yep. It, yeah. Neither. And I'm I'm hoping that that holds out. That it, there's no precipitation for Halloween, so the kids can the kids can go out and and have fun. That's always a always a good time to see them dress up and things. Um, Lisa, can you tell our audience how long have you been caring for your mom? It's been probably a little over ten years wow. uh, that she's had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And now and, you live in um, New York, and, and where does she live? Is she in Florida? She's in Florida. She's been okay. and she's been in Florida for the last twenty. She's from New York, where I really tried to get her to move up here, and when she uh-huh. was still able to um, know what was going on, she just refused to come. And since my brother mm-hmm. lives in Florida, um, it was it was like would have been very difficult to twist her arm and bring her up here. So mm-hmm. it's it's ten years, and she's been living in Florida now about twenty eight. Okay, okay. Can you share with our audience what is it like to be a long distance caregiver? 
you know, for me, um, you know, I was pretty lucky. My my parents lived about two hours away for a portion of, you know, this 30-year journey. Part of it was, you know, 20 minutes away, and then it was two hours. And, and even two hours, um, you know, there's a, there's a disconnect. I can't imagine being, you know, so far away. Um, how, how What was that like for you? It's you know it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. And uh, when I go to see my mom every few months, it's it's hard in the sense of because I hadn't seen her for a few months, not knowing what to expect. Although my brother will send me um, videos of her, and mm-hmm. before she entered the nursing home, I spoke to her every day, uh, <clears throat> which now is not feasible. Um, so it it. I would leave from New York with, like, excitement and a lot of fear, um, Mm -hmm. like a nervous stomach. Um, Yeah. And if she had a few, and I would be there for, like, three, four days, and then once a year uh, I would go for ten days. Um, So if I hit her when she was doing, having some good moments, my trip was a little easier. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And if I hit her where her, there were a few days where she wasn't doing that well, then it made it more difficult. And I can't tell you how much I cried sitting at the airports waiting for the planes to come in every time I left. Cause that that was uh-huh. the hardest, is, was, was leaving. Leaving know that I would not be able to see her for a few weeks, a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, regardless of being long distance or not, is it's like you could cross out those two words because I am still her daughter, she's still my mother, and I'm still a caregiver knowing what my mom is going through and how all these changes are happening. So it, it's like a double-edged sword there. You know, I, I, you, made, you made me kind of tear up when you said you can cross off those two words because I think... Sometimes you hear people use that as an excuse to not connect. You know, it's too it's too far. But there are ways to still be able to connect, even if there's distance um, between you. Know, you. I, I'm in a, I'm in a support I'm in a support group, and there's a woman in my group who her mom lives in New Jersey. It's, it's but it's like a three hour two and a half hour car ride each way, and she has mm-hmm. a sister that lives around the corner, and her sister mm-hmm. is never there. Her sister has not participated at all with her mother, and wow. she's. I mean, you hear this with different siblings, you know. Um, that that for me has made it um, not easier, but like if my brother did not live in Florida and I could not move there, my mother, I definitely would have brought her up here. I mean, she could have mm-hmm. kicked and screamed at the time, but um, not the case. Yeah, it's you know it's a tough decision, and, and you're correct. There are a lot of people that live very close that that don't come and visit. I mean, I had two brothers. Um, one traveled internationally a lot, so it was difficult, and he still had kids at home. Um, but the other one, you know, wasn't working and could have easily gone, but just emotionally couldn't deal with it. Um, because you know it, it, it there is there are painful moments that you have to go through um, when you love somebody at that level and when you're willing to care for them 
and um but you you move through them and you appreciate you know those those factors i would imagine there's been times where you've broken down and cried and um i think that that's just normal no matter who who we love no matter who we care for there's there's times where things can be painful and sad and you know that's I, to me that's just part of the process um but what, I, what are you I cried every that? time i left the i sat at the airport waiting for a plane uh-huh um, and I looked around me, and and then also sitting at a Florida airport, you know, there are a lot of elders in Florida, and looking mm-hmm. around and seeing people that were still had their mind, you know, thinking they were fine, um, you know, they didn't. Some of them are in wheelchairs, some of them can just walk right in, and it it would be like thinking of my mom, where she could no longer do that. So there was mm-hmm. different connections for that. Um, one of the times when my few years back I brought my son with me to see my mother he usually came with me twice a year and um my my mother used to love when my brother, my son made her eggs so the last morning there and it was a 3 or 4 day trip he's making grandma his her, his special eggs uh-huh. and I happened to say to my mother um, we'll be leaving uh, later today. And my mother became extremely expressive, telling us that what is she going to do with us leaving, and that she she said, I am so depressed, I don't know what I'm going to do to be all alone. Now, she mm-hmm. wasn't all alone, but she was all alone. And yeah. after, I mean, she would not eat the eggs that my son made, it, it was horrible. It, it talk about like guilt and oh my. So after that, which became harder, is every time I saw my mother, I and she, I knew she was understanding everything, or most she was understanding. This was mm-hmm. I could never say to her goodbye. You know, I'm going back to New York. I won't see you tomorrow. It's I. I had to make up stories of. I'm going to see a friend. I'll see you later. And and I knew that she wouldn't remember that I was there. And, sure. And even hugging her and kissing her, it had to be almost like a brief, okay, Ma, I'll see you later, which for yep. me was also, that was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is it is hard. Um, but, again, you have to put them first and what are their needs and their comfort level, because you can rationalize and and they can't um, all the time. And you know that that saying goodbye is always always tough because you you know I, for me I know there were times not all the time but I would I would think kind of in the back of my mind what's it going to be like next time you know is there going to be a right. next time you know if if she was having some health issues and stuff and um, you know you can just love them the best you can. And and no, that's all you can do, um, you know, with with this whole process. Um, well, I've had things? my mother. I've I've had my mother um, occasionally um, say to me once or twice, "You're not a good daughter. You don't come see me." Ma, I was just there a few weeks ago. Or Ma, I live in New York. I just can't get on a plane. I mean, now I can't reason that with her, even though there yeah. wasn't reasoning. And then she'd say, "Oh, I forgot you you." don't live near me so yep. you know for that moment and then of course whatever thoughts she had 
were out of her mind a few seconds later. But it it hurt me in the sense of her thinking, why wasn't I there? Why wasn't I coming? Um, yep. So I think I think as hard as this disease is on our loved ones, I think the caregiver goes through many more emotions. We're not living the disease, but we're living. We're not living with the disease, but we're living the disease. Yep. Yeah, and it is those moments. Um, they just trigger you. And they kind of take you back because. We all think, well, of course they know who I am and they know where I live. And, yeah, of course they know this stuff, but, but they don't. And so when, they, you know, when that happens, because it's not something that you always prepare yourself for, it just kind of, anyways, for me, um, it was just one of those things that I just found sometimes could take me off guard at times. And, um, you know, I'd have to kind of regroup for myself and, and um, you know, look at things a little bit differently um, so that I I wasn't kind of hurt and wounded because it's real easy to get hurt and wounded um, and to not feel not feel good um, about a situation, you know, that, that's occurring. And, um, you know, just knowing that your relationship is more than a name or a date or, you know... Um, uh, an accurate memory. Um, it, for me, that helped a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so, what were some of your kind of um, pros and cons that you saw of? Because you know, there's some pluses and minuses to being a long distance caregiver. Whoever's listening to the show that 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 lives near their parent and and or spouse. Um, my heart goes out to them in the sense of I think because I've been able to keep a a lot of um, my cups half full, not half empty, being thankful my mom's still alive Mm -hmm. and whatever I have left with her. I think that if my mom and I live very near each other and I was going to the nursing home just about every day, I don't, and seeing the illness in front of me and her good moments and bad moments, not not that there's bad moments, but lucid moments, and I think it would be a lot more difficult, Um, although Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have then the anxiety of when I haven't seen her for a few months of what is she like now and will I hit her for this, this special, precious few days that I have with her, will she be able to know that I'm there and be with me and and hold my hand and smile and sing songs. So it's it's like a catch-22. There's pros and cons, you know, to both sides of it. Um, one of the things that, so on my blog now, I just hit over 100,000 views, which was, like, really exciting. And oh, yeah. Many pe- yeah, yeah. And what you said was, I, I write, and that's the other thing, being a long-distance caregiver, it's it's not pro and cons, but, but I write because it helps me deal with my feelings of being a long-distance caregiver, of, mm-hmm. of uh, frustrations. Um, but I have, and I have so many people that write me and thank me and for what I've written and what I've shared, and it's 
such a valuable feeling knowing that you're making a difference in other people's lives. But mm-hmm. I have had a few, I don't want to say the word, this is a con, uh, the word saying that I was personally attacked, but I have had some other caregivers, and I actually had one of my Alzheimer's support group that yelled at me and said, what do you know? You're a long-distance caregiver because she sees her mother at least once or twice a week. They live, you know, she's in a nursing home mm-hmm. nearby. Um, and, and and that always, and I've had a few people write me, well, what does she know? You know, she lives mm-hmm. so many miles away. And that, Lori, that has hurt, like sticking a knife into my heart because mm-hmm. she's she's my mother. I don't yep. care if I lived over in Europe. Yep. It's it's my mother who I love, and I see what's happening to her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's your feelings for the person, the family member, whether you're a long distance or you live there. If you is all the same. Yeah. So that's that's the one thing you know, and it's like I would then write a blog post. Uh, in regard to that, is I've written maybe two of them, and with the girl from my support group, she apologized to me, um, but it, it, it's still like kind of hurt. It's like I don't know if they're blaming me or or je- I, I don't really understand it. But anyway, pros and cons. Yeah, there. Oh, I yeah, there what question? <laughs> yeah, well, no. there there is kind of a discrimination, you know, and a separation of who's who and how do you care. And, you know, and like we said earlier, some people are are um, much more attentive as long-distance caregivers than they are, you know, just living down the block or in the same city. And so, it, you know, how you care really, um, or how much you care or how much you know um, really is irrelevant in terms of where you're located it's 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 in your actions you know and um you know staying connected how how did it work for you because i I was kind of a control freak so you know when when my mom and dad were up at the lake and two hours away i still kind of coordinated all the doctor's appointments and and things like that and i would you know run up there for that and i know you've got a brother that lives there how did you communicate with with physicians and stuff, because I know that can get really complicated for people. Not not just physicians. So my mother went into a nursing home. This August was a year. So Mm -hmm. up until she went in there last August, I spoke to my mother every single day. There wasn't Mm -hmm. a day that went by. Even when she had a UTI and she was in the hospital, there was a phone. There Mm -hmm. was never a day I didn't. It's as far as the doctors, my brother would take her to all the appointments because she couldn't drive anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as, like, you know, we had someone, like, with her maybe just four hours a day, but he would do the food shopping and he would, you know, oversee that her house got cleaned. Um, and then as she um, started to worsen, we increased the time with the caregivers. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that's very interesting with all this is, so my mother now, since she's in the nursing home, well, there's no phone in her room, but if there was a phone in her room, she wouldn't know to pick it up, or if she picked it up, she would never hang it up. 
Mm-hmm. And she's not sitting in her room. She runs around all day in a merry walker. And if I called her room, I wouldn't want to wake her. So, But there's no phone in, in, in her facility. But I called the nurses, the station that's on her floor, it's a few doors from her room, every single day. And I know uh-huh. all the nurses. And it's usually, once in a while, my mother, they used to go get my mother and bring her back to the phone. And then mm-hmm. I sort of realized she was really agitated. She didn't want to hold the phone. It hurt her ear. She didn't want, and 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 they'd be pulling her from wherever she was. Cause she runs around the nursing home, this Mary Walker. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's it's wild. If she's not in bed, that's all she's doing is is just circling the halls and stopping and talking to people. So I stopped having them get her to the phone. So now when my brother goes once a week and it's a cell phone and she's not holding it and he has it on speaker, he calls me. And so I talk mm-hmm. to her. Um, so now with the nursing home, like I'm even trying to find out because he told me her hair is dirty. Um, well, we're paying to get it washed every week. Why isn't it happening? So I still stay very much involved with the nurses and and will take care of things that way. But this is like really interesting. So my brother was um, he had not seen my mother. I. My brother was in the hospital for about a week. He's fine. And then mm-hmm. he had a trip planned to New York with his wife. They had their plane tickets, and he was coming up, and he came up. And uh, we were at my house uh, having a holiday dinner. This is last month. And uh, my brother says to me, how's mom doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was asking Lisa because he knows that Lisa, even when he's away, when he's home, he doesn't call the nursing home ever. He goes and uh-huh. sees her twice a week or once a week. So I speak there so he knows that I always know what's going on. Um, and so after the next morning, I called the nurse, the head nurse there immediately, knowing that my mother did not realize no one came to see her. But uh-huh. I knew, and I was really not upset with my brother, but I was really uh-huh. upset that, oh, my mother has had no one. And mm-hmm. so it was like asking all the nurses. I mean, every time I spoke to the nurses, it was saying to my brothers in New York, please, or he was in the hospital, please make sure my mom give her an extra hug, an extra this. So there I was still being my caregiver through the nurses. And not until my brother went back, I put him on a plane on a Sunday, did I feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> that <laughs> my mother, and she wouldn't know whether he came or didn't come. Uh-huh. So. The caregiving role, you know, took a different side to it, but it was, it was kind of interesting, my feelings with it. Okay. Well, that, that's interesting. And, it's you know, it, it's nice, though, to be able to have, you know, your brother in that location. I would imagine that that's just been a huge relief in terms of, of being able to help because there are families out there that struggle um, where their parents don't want to move back or won't move, you know, close, and the, the kids can't, and um, you know they're they're really doing it alone. So to have that that other family member there's got to be, I would think, a huge huge relief in terms of helping out with communications. And for me personally, and, if he wasn't there, which I said earlier on our uh, conversation. I, she would have mm-hmm. came up here. By the time she got to the nursing home that she never wanted to go to and she made us promise she would never go, she mm-hmm. didn't even know that she was there. So yeah. I, she would have 
you know, I would have flown down. My husband brought her up here, which is also in New York City and on Medicaid. Pretty difficult to get in here. They're all waiting lists because they uh-huh. want them only in Alzheimer's units. And since people are living so longer, if there's 20 beds, I am still on a waiting list on one right near my house. Um, uh-huh. This has been for the last, uh, I did it when she, before she um, was ready. So this is probably about two years ago I put myself on a list. Um, uh-huh. So, if if she could have came in on a private pay, they would somehow find room for her. They'd put her on a different floor, and then when a bed opened, they would move her. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, so. that's interesting. And every every state is a little bit different, you know. So you, you and it is smart to get on those waiting lists ahead of time. I know with my folks, um, when they were living up north, and you know, my dad had brain cancer, my mom had dementia and as my dad's health declined it was evident that they needed to move closer into town and so I I put them on a waiting list for a building that was um, being built and assisted living and they had no idea that I did it people go how can you do that and I said because I know it's coming and I, I want to be prepared and so when the time was right and I mean it was it was almost kind of a god thing when the opening came and it was just it was perfect timing and you know my dad said well I'll do it for six months, but it's not going to be permanent, you know, and, and then it was permanent. They still ended up going back to the lake, um, which was a year-round home, um, but they just didn't live there year-round. They had access to it, and they went up there a lot, but their home really became, um, you know, the, the apartment here in town, which was much, much, much safer, you know. And I think people have to realize, too, that, you know, sometimes, um, our parents don't want to do that, but they have to know why we need this. You know, it's, it really is a comfort and helps us sleep at night, too, um, because they don't want us to worry, typically. And in your situation where you said your mom really wouldn't have known, but you knew, you also knew that the greater good, you know, if your brother wasn't there, um, would have been to be close versus to have her down there alone. Yeah. And at that point, she would have had to had a lot of medication to bring her up here. You mm-hmm. know, at the, at the point, I mean, unless I, to, I would think of a plane over a long, you know, how much going to an am, you know, in an ambulance. I mean, not uh-huh. an ambulance, but like it's it's still a twenty four hour if you drive straight trip. So yeah. if the plane's late, um, you know whatever discomfort she might have. Um, but I, I, we, I knew that she would have to be drugged to do that. Yeah. So th- there was a lot of considerations and also, because um, my brother and I did talk about that, of mm-hmm. my mother's always cold. And, you know, like now, like today, she could go, they, they could take her into the garden. It's, it's, her body wasn't used to the cold weather in New York. And so even if something's being heated, there would be less time for her to be able to be in the fresh air. Although when I take her out in the garden, she really <laughs> wants to go back into the nursing home. So, uh-huh. Well, but good. I know well, she's getting a- fresh air and the birds are chirping. Good, good. We've got a, a question here from a caller, so let me uh, pull this caller in. I'm not sure, but I think this is Harry Urban. Harry, is this you? Yes, it is. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Now, for those of you that don't know, um, Harry is a huge advocate of dementia, and he actually is diagnosed with it, and he has a Facebook um, group called Forget Me Not. So, Harry, do you have a question or a comment? or? 
I do. Well, first of all, I, I just want to say hello to Lisa. I have so much. Hi, Harry. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm good. How, how are, are you? I'm fine. Uh, what, one of the things I I would like to bring up now, I've been living with this disease now, uh, Alzheimer's. I was diagnosed over 10 years ago, so my point of view and the way I see things are through the eyes of, of dementia. Uh, I visit so many care facilities and visit uh, patients in there, and um, I'm overwhelmed by why we don't use technology for long-term or long distance caregiving. Um, now, I know everybody says, well, they can't use a computer and stuff like that. Uh, but you know what? Technology is changing. Uh, I want to see the care facilities have Wi-Fi installed so um, uh, somebody can be visiting somebody in a facility with an iPad, something like that, and they can use a video chat. Now, so many people say, well, when you're in a, a, a care facility that you don't have the motor skills or whatever to use a computer, things like that. But a simple thing like a, a telephone, using FaceTime on a telephone, uh, even though the person can't, let's say they can't speak, they can't do anything, they're looking at the phone. And I'm, I'm telling you, many times tears came in my eyes when somebody bent down and kissed the phone. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's so nice because you can use FaceTime, you can see somebody, and even though you're not verbally communicating, just the visual is enough to to let that person know that they're not alone. That's, I, think it's, I think that's fabulous. I, mean, I never thought of that, but in my particular case, my mother has macular degeneration, so we through these years of her having it, it wasn't even like to keep in her memory or to help keep in her memory to show her a picture of her only grandchild. Um, she can't see the pictures. So, but mm-hmm. I, but as you're speaking about that, Harry, it's like that is like fabulous idea. I mean, I was thinking of like Skype. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if someone at the other end, if a nurse or uh, someone at the other end could, like the facilities have the Wi-Fi, they can, and the call came in, it would be fabulous. You know, if you say yeah. times. You know, we used that when when um, my mom was um, actively dying, and I was down in Arizona, and we used FaceTime, and it was incredible. I, I was when I left, um, and my mom was coming to me in dreams, telling me that I wouldn't be there, that I needed to speak, I needed to stay on the mission, and that she needed to pull my family back together, and so I, I was not to be there when she died because. You know, because um, I take care of everything, and it needed to be done different. Um, my family needed to be more involved because, I, and I think it was because there was so much guilt because they hadn't been there. And so I was gone, and I had prepared myself to just be able to communicate by phone. But my daughter, my uh, my my young daughter, um, you know, called me and said, "Would you like to talk to Grandma by Facebook?" You know, she's taken a change. And so here I am in baggage claims at the airport saying goodbye to my mom again uh, by FaceTime. And it was incredible to be able to communicate with her. I We did a visual by phone where they held the phone and I could be part of it and I could I could guide my family. I could talk with my mom. I could 
lighten the situation or, um, you know, give my family some hope or kind of a virtual hug even, um, as well as connecting with my mom who, you know, was actively dying so she was really kind of more comatose state, but yet she could hear me. Um, I was able to participate in the last rites, sitting out in the parking lot, you know, 30 minutes before I had to get on stage. I mean, I really, I, I was able to see her last breath. It was mm-hmm. such a gift. It was su- and, and I, who am pretty technologically savvy, didn't even think of it. I just didn't even think As of it. As the daughter did. It was my daughter, and it was like such a gift. Plus, I think it really helped my family because they were, they were struggling with why wasn't I there because that was always my role. That's who I was, um, who I've always been. And so it was really kind of strange. And so I think it gave them comfort for me to be there because, I, you know, I, was, I just played that role in the family of leader, leader in the pack, you know. And so it was very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, how it this all... is interesting. And... I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Okay, so is Harry still on the phone? I think yes, so. Yes, I am. Well, he can, he can, he can hear. Okay, so in my mother's facility, I was down there in August, and she, we made her 90th birthday party, and this gentleman um, who I had seen come around, I saw him in the nursing home many times, and I saw him doing crossword puzzles, and I was always wondering, because my mom's whole floor is people with dementia, um, why was he there? And I got to speak to him because he came over for the cake, and he was there because his wife had was on dialysis, and they just put him on this floor. And I went to the head of nursing because he was telling me that he, you know, he misses having a computer. So I went to the head of nursing and I asked them, is there a way for them? Couldn't they contact Dell? You know, they would donate an an old computer. But Mm -hmm. nothing ever got done. My brother said to me, you know, you should go call the nurse again. And, And none of his, he has no children, so no one could be his advocate. And um, it's like what you're saying in in a perfect world it, with the Wi-Fi. It's it's great. It it would be wonderful. But it's like the only thing I must say I I'm at least thankful that she's in a in a facility that I feel she's getting um, as best care as possible. So mm-hmm. maybe there's not the Wi-Fi. Um, but having, I mean, that's not a that, that's not a small claim to feel that your parents getting really good care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it, May but I it jump is, in? Yeah, please do, Harry. There, there's no excuse why somebody can't donate an iPad to a facility. And how does a facility have an iPad now? The iPad, the screen is 10 inches. The iPads come with FaceTime on it, uh, and you can you can dial in and dial out from the iPad, and it's not like like somebody had to use a little phone to see somebody. But mm-hmm. if 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 every facility could just invest a couple hundred dollars into an iPad or have somebody donate one, um, yeah, so many people would benefit from that. Now, we all think of 
of the uh, of, of the patients in the later stages. But I'm here to tell you that that 80, 90 percent of them is 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 in a condition where where they that would make a difference to them so much. And if somebody if they would have an activity director, whatever you want to call them, just uh-huh. go around with the iPad and just make phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, it's an isofabulous I, uh, thought, an well, idea. And they they are doing that. You know, the um, Alive Inside program, um, you know, started with the, the iPods and um, doing the music. And, and you know, it's so sad because our, our system is so broken um, because one of the doctors, I don't know if, if either of you have seen the movie. I think it's out on Netflix now. It's called Alive Inside, and it's absolutely incredible. Have your tissues with you because you will laugh um, and smile not out of sadness, but out of pure joy. It's, I mean, I'm getting teary up just thinking about it because you see them put um, um, play this music and put headsets on people, and right. they it's just they their whole body language changes. They start singing, they start nodding, they stop tap, start tapping. One woman who always used to walk or put it aside and ask the man to dance. I mean, it was. So absolutely incredible and powerful and beautiful. But one of the doctors said, you know, I can write a script for $1,400 a month that I know isn't going to have near the effect as a $40 iPad, but I can't write a script for a $40 iPad and headphones. Now, how sick is that? You know, that's a really broken system and something that that needs to change. And I think... um, now, hopefully, as there's more studies going on, that will help. We've got another caller on the line, so let me go ahead and pull this person in. We've got somebody from a um, 201 number. You are live and on the air. Did you have a question or a comment? Hi, Lori. It's Michelle DeSocio. Hi, Harry. Hi, Lisa. Oh, hi, Michelle. Michelle. How are you doing? Uh, just, what? Yeah. Doing very well. Uh, very interesting conversation today. Um my mom, just to give a quick background, has dementia 15 years. The first five misdiagnosed lived with me. And once she was diagnosed, she insisted on placement. It was difficult for us to accept, but mom knew she was sicker than we understood. And looking back, she 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 knew what, what she needed. Uh-huh. So she's been in three facilities over the, over the 10 years. Now, the first facility, mom was very uh, much better and cognitively functioning well. But she needed help with everything. So eventually she could not call us anymore or or turn the TV on. So the staff, we would make a phone call and the staff would help her out and that was great. If we would have had iPads back then, it would have been a a great tool because we spoke three times a day, but it would have been nicer to have been face-to-face in between visits. Mm -hmm. As the disease progressed, we had to move mom to a facility that was better able to take care of her. The new facility that she's in, they don't have the staff available to uh, help with technology. I'll tell you that. She gets excellent Mm -hmm. care, but they are thin on staff. Uh Uh-huh. She has had an MP3 player there for about three years. Medications were not working, but I knew music would work. Every time I go there, I play my iTunes for her, and she sings and sings. My mother can barely put a sentence together, but put Sweet Caroline on or... 
awesome, George. It's Harris amazing, Michelle, Asia, right? Amazing. It's incredible. Yep. Now, we've known this for years, but to get that for the nursing home to do that, they'd rather drug her. Well, when yep. the drugs weren't working properly anymore, they decided to put the MP3 player on her, and my mother's a happy camper all day long. I've had people stop me mm-hmm. saying, I can't believe that's your mother. She's singing all day long. She can't say a word. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even say hello. Mm-hmm. So it is yeah. incredible. It is sad, though, that, that the, the, the nursing homes, they may have the equipment and the ability. They have Wi-Fi. They have computers. They don't have the staff available to sit one-on-one with right. a patient. right. To work, to work the technology. Well, you know what's sad though is um, a, a lot of them do, and it could be incorporated even as uh, an activity with people where you would just set everybody up with their own little music to listen to. But in this movie, um, Alive Inside, you'll see what one person in a room connected to the music does. That nobody else can hear the music, but they're watching. Um, and they get excited, and the whole you can just you can see and feel the room change. The, my, because, I, I saw the movie, Lori. I did. I mm-hmm. saw it, and I'm saying to myself, why is it taking so long for this to catch on? Because I think caregivers know this. Yeah, yeah. You know, companies I think are so afraid of um, theft, and it's like really. You know, we have to we we have to stop going down the rabbit hole all the time, and really looking at what's working, and um, and not be you know I mean you can lock things up in a cabinet, you can do you know various um, things to to protect things, um, you you know activities don't always have to be group functions. I think that's a shift that needs to be made too, that everything has to be, you know, it's got to be bingo or it's got to be volleyball or it's got to be whatever. Um, People like their one-on-ones. And, you know, you can have um, intimate conversations um, that, you know, they're not viewed as conversations or or they're not viewed as activities. And and they really are because an, an activity to me is about engaging somebody. And I'm going to pull Harry in just to see what his thought is. Um, you know, since you're living you're living with dementia, Harry, you know, do you think having a one-on-one conversation or someone giving you an iPad, um, do you think that that constitutes an activity and keeping keeping you busy and, and, and comfortable? Absolutely. Now, um, I don't. I don't buy the uh, the excuse that we can't make this happen because they're understaffed and everything like that. Now I'm thinking back to the candy stripers in the hospital. They were volunteers that went in to help. We as advocates have to have to promote the idea of having volunteers go into these these care facilities with the iPads and and help the and help the patients in there that the residents living in there. Use the iPad. There's no excuse why we can't have a set of volunteers to visit these facilities and do this. I mean, it's something mm-hmm. that we can do right now, and we can make it happen. Yeah, I I agree. What are your thoughts, Lisa? You know, I just came yesterday from... Um, the annual New York City Alzheimer's Association, and my thought just got, I felt like, Harry, I totally agree with you, and my thought got, there's so many things, it's, I mean, we can't stop 
trying to advocate for this, but it's like they're talking about how much money we need to find a prevention for this. They're talking about needing, Harry, $2 billion when we get funded $400 million. So it's it's advocate and you can't stop and you got to go. It's like where it, it right now is like for me I feel like a frustration, and we have to keep going ahead. But there's so many things that's needed. So I I right now for me, um, given. I know when the nurses could, my, when I stopped asking to get my mom to the phone, they would call me back when, when she they found her. Um, and if they had emergencies, they didn't call me back. Um, I'm just so thankful that the facility she's in is pretty depressing looking. It doesn't smell from urine or anything, but it's like an old building and the rooms are, you know, the, whatever. But I am mm-hmm. so thrilled of the care that she gets. So, yes, we could advocate, and we shouldn't stop having dreams and trying to make things better. But, but where, what priorities should the nursing homes have? If they set up Wi-Fi, but the patient isn't getting good care, you know, um, is is you know, how do you, you can want it all, but reality-wise, can it all be? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, a lot of what I see when I go around to different places is the, the lack of creativity, um, the the lack of belief that things could be different. And it really, it saddens me. And that's kind of one of my jobs, one of my missions when I go out and talk with people is to try to instill hope and um, change and to get people to try things out of the box instead of being stuck in this pattern of, you know, oh, woe is me and we can't do it. I mean, there's, you know, like you said, there's absolutely no reason that we shouldn't be able to coordinate more volunteers. There there are people that want to volunteer. There are kids that need credits. It'll, it'll look good on their college resumes that want to volunteer. There's Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts that, you know, for projects could volunteer. We're just not tapping the resources there, you know, and if there was a true volunteer coordinator, um, it, but again, so many of these companies, they, they worry about liability and, and all the what ifs. And, you know, we've, I think we've lost our faith in one another that we can be good people because we hear so much bad out there. And it, it just, it saddens me. But I, 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 you know, I believe that we are good um you know the majority of us are good and we are creative and we and and I, I truly believe that we can make a difference in one another's lives using our our own personal skill set um to come forward in instead of just having to be in the box but you know what burns a passion in us you know allowing us to do that to to help others um, because I, I think if there's a passion, there's a reason and there's a need, not only for ourselves. So, so but Lori, I, I I volunteer at the Alzheimer's Association, mm-hmm. and I also the, where I mentioned before that my mom's on a waiting list in a nursing home that mm-hmm. I'm not bringing her up to anymore. But mm-hmm. I didn't release her name. Was it just I did some volunteering there. And I did it also and told them I wanted to do on the Alzheimer floor. And there was a, a, a piano player that came on Tuesdays. And 
they gave me some different choices of what I could do, and that, and I wanted to be involved with that, so that's what I did. And it was mm-hmm. with also the thought of, well, maybe if I volunteer here, maybe it will help me get my mother in. Um, yep. So there, there was a thought with it. But, they, you know, they're set up on their own programs, I, and, it, you know, one was for me to take them down, help bring them down to, like, entertainment um, I mean, it, it was all with like they have things that they do do in in the nursing home. I I don't know like with with all what they're trying to do and their fundings um, and limitations. How much more? Even if someone came in and said, "I I want to volunteer," and I think this is a great way. I mean, unless you get a nursing home that's so advanced in that kind mm-hmm. of thinking. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a fabulous thing. I maybe it just needs to be done individually, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's it, that's the way individually. Yeah, that's what I had to do, Lisa. I had to keep pushing with the music for mom because we've saturated the medications and they weren't working. And I had to keep bringing in the aides and the nurses and the administration and show them what the music was doing for my mom. And it finally right. clicked, and they threw the medication well, I heard out you say, and they so, put the the iPod on her, and they, they saw it for themselves. So I was told, and we left my mother, it, it didn't matter if it did, they told me, don't worry, it's not going to get stolen, and I left her a little, we made a bunch of CDs, show music, because my mother mm-hmm. also is like, like you're a mom, I mean, she knows all these words, it's like amazing, but, and they said, oh, no, don't worry, it's not going to get stolen, and it's still there over a year. But it didn't add it to us if it got stolen. It was a $70 machine. But mm-hmm. there was no one that they – I don't know if they put it on when they're getting her dress. I mean, I would think the aides would enjoy listening to it also. But when she first was there, she was losing weight, so they put her on hospice for six months. And mm-hmm. – um, when I had the personal relationship, able to speak to the hospice office, and they would be with her a few hours a day, she told, she actually had, she was unbelievable. She had the iTunes on her own iPad. And she she would go, she said, I've been doing this with with my patients anyway. So, and, you know, it, it, it. I don't even know what to say with that. It was like, well, Right. Why would this be implemented with everyone? I mean, this mm-hmm. was just a younger girl that, for whatever the reason, saw that music, or she liked the music. Maybe it made her job nicer. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Yeah. Well, and I think it does. I think it does. You know, it, it calms everybody down. I can't believe this hour has gone so fast. Um, Lisa, what's what's the uh, um, contact information do you want people to have for you? What's the the best way for them to to go ahead and get a hold of you? Um, I'm on Facebook, so okay. if you befriend me or either through Alzheimer's, my mom, my hero, my that page, or under Lisa Hirsch. You can just send me messages, and I write everyone back. Wonderful, and that that's really nice because not everybody does respond, and so that's that is just a, a wonderful thing. You know, that you know, we talk about all the not negative things, but the things that we can make better, right? Mm-hmm. Or frustrations we go through, and also some joy and happiness with things. For me, it was like falling in love with my mother. 
So mm-hmm. we didn't talk about that today. But so there's there's some nice and and some sunshine spots on this. But the other thing is is like with you, Lori, Michelle, Harry, and people from all over the world. I have made you know in 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 our world so many friends and connections of people. It's and that's such a supportive supportive community. It's it's. You know, poof, I'd love to get my mom not to have the illness, but out of her illness, other doors have opened. And, and so, yeah, I, I, anyone that writes me, I mean, I'm not dear Abby. I don't have any answers for anything, but I, I'm here for them. Well, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And a lot of times we don't need the answers. We just need to be heard. You know, we just need to yep. know we're not, we're not alone. Um, in this journey and you know people have advice and you know some things we've gone through or we might be able to uh, give one another different ideas um, and it's just that support I mean that's you don't expect your friends to have all the answers either you know they're just you just want to be loved and accepted and um, appreciated and, and understood um, and I not think isolated. what you said the word yeah understood and heard mm-hmm. I, because we all we are all in this together, and we all do understand. It's like if you, yep. have, if someone had, if you never had a bad toothache and, you, and someone has a really bad toothache, you really don't understand. But any of us who have been affected by this disease with a capital U, boy, do we understand. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much for, for um, taking time with us today. And don't forget uh, Lisa's book, My Mom, My Hero, and her blog as well. You can reach out to her on Facebook or you can go to Amazon to, to get her book. Um, it's it's fabulous read. It'll be a great resource and I think a, a, a lovely comfort uh, for people as well. So you have a wonderful week. And, again, thanks for thanks for spending this hour with us, Lisa. And Lori, if it wasn't my mother, you would be my hero. You are fabulous. <laughs> your your oh, commitment you. and su- you are. <laughs> but sorry, my mom's staying up there. <laughs> you you thank you for who you are. You are you oh. are an inspiration to everyone. Oh, thank Love you. Love you, Lori. Have okay. a good day. Love you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Can't wait to hear the music concerts now. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. This is yeah. This will be. Yeah, great. I'm staying on. Uh, what a wonderful um, segue that we actually have for our second half of our show. But before I introduce our next guest uh, with Alzheimer's Music Connect, I um, I want to just go over some mid-program highlights first. Um, but this was just a, a a perfect perfect conversation. So I hope everyone will stay with us because we will. We'd be more than glad to filter some some calls and things with you as well on this second half. Um, I wanted to just let you know that, you know, our last radio show, I was out traveling, so I just did a um, a pre-record with Naomi File. It was a replay on our validation program, and that's just, uh, Naomi is just really one of the leaders in the industry. She's been fighting this battle for um, really all her life. She grew up in a nursing home because her dad was an administrator and has just done amazing work. If you ever get a chance to see her I highly encourage you to um, check out Naomi Files. She's got some great books and videos. Um, Probably one of the most famous is her one with Gladys, 
who is in her end stages, and she gets her to sing within three minutes. Um, again, the power of music. Our next radio show will be um, next Tuesday, and we're going to do open mic, and we're going to be talking with Molly Meyer. Um, she's with Mind's Eye Poetry, so that'll be a, a fun, creative show. And prepare any questions or comments or conversations that that you'd like to have about dementia or caregiving because we're always open to hearing. Um, We also didn't do dementia chats again uh, last time because of my travel schedule, Uh, but we will be doing um, a webinar this afternoon. Starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, 2 p.m. Central, 1 Mountain, and uh, 12 o'clock Pacific. Uh, There will be a notice that goes out. But again, you can go to AlzheimerSpeaks.com. Go to our about page click on dementia chats and you'll have the information right there on the blog i'm just going to highlight a couple of articles Um, our intern michelle wrote one called willing to help which is really interesting we also pushed one out called e-neighborhoods which is a new study on remote health monitoring systems and that is basically for people in minnesota in the twin cities area but i wanted to get that out um, I also wanted to just give a high fi to two of my friends um, over in Australia, uh, Fire Films and Star Lodge, Corrine uh, and um, and Colin uh, won Best Film um, titled Your Voice, and it's an exceptional film about person-centered care and the why, um, the question of the why that we have to start asking. So it's just absolutely fabulous. You can also see that on the homepage of alzheimerspeaks.com. Um, and then, there, you know, there's also a couple of great videos on on my uh, website with Greg O'Brien, who is a journalist who was diagnosed with dementia as well. And those are, and he's got a new book out called On Pluto, which is absolutely fabulous as well. So let me go ahead and introduce our um, guests this afternoon for our second half. Uh, we are so honored to have Ron Gregory, the the founder of Alzheimer's Music Connect. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with the com- uh, the company, um, you know when you're combating caregiver fatigue and in burnout, um, which is just a key factor for pretty much anybody who cares and tries to give their best. Um, what you're going to find is that Alzheimer's Music Connect is here to um, to help us uh, be better caregivers. And Ron is going to share with us some exciting new uh, technology um, that they have called the the Atlas at at um, oscillation, um, which combines natural occurring brain waves and a soothing repetition of sounds, which helps the brain connect to music. And this is um, something that is um, extremely therapeutic, much better than just plugging in uh, a CD or, you know, downloading something from the website or listening to the radio. And we know how powerful those can be. This heightens that experience. And, um, you know, Alzheimer's Speaks or Alzheimer's uh, Music Connect has done extensive studies um, to show how the care recipient experiences this calm um, state while their music is being played and that that condition, that calming state, remains for up to three hours 
which, you know, in turn makes everybody's life easier. And it also um, can give the care partner a break. You know, maybe they want to meditate. Maybe they just want to take a bubble bath, um, you know, whatever. But, you know, when we're calm, um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing for all of us. So repeating this system, they have found um, daily provides just a great connection for the person you're caring for while um, giving a little respite um, as well to the person who is the, the care partner. And it's just as simple as turning on a CD. So welcome, Ron. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lori. It's wonderful to to uh, hear your voice, and what a what a kind introduction. I, I you can be, you can be my spokesperson. <laughs> well, I just so believe in in your company and your products. Um, you know, I I've seen the effects. I've always believed in the power of music. I I've utilized it with my mom and. Um, I, you know, I just can't say enough good things, and so I'm just thrilled to to have you on the show with us um, to be able to to share, you know, uh, what's going on. I'm also going to um, go ahead and introduce a singer and songwriter who um, is on your new CD, um, Vanessa. Campania um, was 10 years old when she was chosen out of 24,000 um, kids who appeared on the CBS Star Search. So some of you may be familiar with Vanessa and don't know. Since then, she has shared the stage with some of the greatest artists in the music industry, like Reba McIntyre, Sugarland, Trace Atkins, Blake Sheldon, Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, Loretta Lynn, Keith Urban. I mean, I just kind of go, wow. <laughs> I just, it's, that's just amazing. Um, Vanessa was also honored and humbled when the world-renowned multi-award winner, director, and composer Marvin Hamlish asked her to join him for a variety shows um, with the National Buffalo Philharmonica, uh, Philharmonic and um, Pittsburgh Symphony. I mean, what an honor. I, I just can't even imagine um, what those connections felt like. So welcome, Vanessa, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Well, I am thrilled to have you on the show. Your new CD that you did with Alzheimer's Music Connect called Memories, the Songs and Spirits of Christmas brings such comfort and calmness and um, just contentment. And I have to tell you that I am not one of those early Christmas people. Um, but <laughs> since I got the CD, I play it a lot. And my my kids are even looking at me like, Mom, this is so not you. <laughs> but your, your music is so beautiful. And I know... Um, you know that that you were picked from thousands of vocalists to be the voice in this new holiday CD, and and you know Ron, you did a great job in in picking the right voice because Vanessa is incredible. Um, what I want to do is kind of throw a few questions out to Ron first, and then Vanessa, I'll, I'll come back to you if that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Okay, for, for sounds me. good. 
Okay. So, Vanessa, I'm going to go ahead and just put you on hold for a second. And, Ron, you know, before we really get started on this, can you tell people, because I always think people are interested in this question, have you been personally touched by dementia? Well, actually, I have, and it's the uh, it's the really the reason behind the formation of Alzheimer's Music Connect was the fact that my mom was diagnosed with disease. Now it's been four years, and um, I had a career in the music industry for thirty plus years, and um, obviously gravitated towards music almost immediately as a way to keep her connected, and so that's kind of how the the company started in its infancy, I was able to convince uh, multiple partners that were medical and caregiving professionals to uh, get involved with me and figure out the secret formula because I wanted something that would be more than just taking, uh, turning on the radio or playing an old CD of some oldies or something like that for my mom. Um, mm-hmm. it, it needed to be not just a not just music, but could we do something that would actually be therapeutic? And we were able to, to develop the office oscillation process that you mentioned earlier, which um, we've shown through EEG testing and uh, field studies that it actually has a, an amazing impact on the uh, listener, particularly the Alzheimer's patient that's you know being tested. Uh, you can actually see their brain patterns change. So it's very, very exciting to know that not only have we taken music, which obviously is, uh, you know, by just your previous guest and and what you believe and feel um, is powerful in and of itself and added this, if you will, secret sauce to the the, uh, music that makes it even more powerful. And so uh, the results are just, you know, fabulous to see and particularly to see uh, a reconnection on a personal level with my mother when the music is played for and how she'll she'll move from being fairly non-communicative to into talking about things that were events in her life when that music was uh was and you know as you know music memories are formed between 8 and 20 years old so you've got to have the right music not just any music yeah very, very true. And, you know, we, we did some videos with my mom and music and, you know, have those on YouTube. And, and you can just see the joy. I mean, even in her late stages, she just kind of wakes up out of that cocoon and just smiles and her hands start going and she starts forming the words and um, just everything about her changed. And, you know, when you can bring joy at that level to somebody i mean it's such a gift and it's such a gift to observe because i think we get so busy we forget the power of music and the the simple things we can do to really have an impact um uh, you know a, a powerful positive impact on somebody's life and um I, like i said i'm just so so excited about this. Yeah. Can you tell us in layman's terms, you know, what is this patent pending technology that you have and and how and why does it work? Well, if I if I tell you then, you know, that story I'm going to have to hurt you. But <laughs> um <laughs> the, the 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 really what the secret behind it is 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 actually quite simple. 
and that is that we all have various uh, brain waves that are electrical impulses that are happening in our brains, you know, throughout our life. And the four most well-known are ones uh, alpha, beta, theta, and uh, delta waves. And so what we do is, is individualize those particular waves to um, stimulate the brain, um, trick it, if you will, into picking up on the waves that we want the brain to connect to, which would be the ones like an alpha wave that causes a calm but connected effect, or uh-huh. delta that can, can serve as kind of a relaxation and move someone into a, a, a sleep stage. So it's, it's, a, it's a formula that mixes those different brain waves and then takes the universal um, mantra, ancient kind of sound of OM, which is supposed to, uh, it's kind of thought of as this universal sound that brings man closer to God. And um, we use these, these, we put these pieces together and then mix them underneath the music bed itself at a level that is uh, at or just below the threshold of hearing. So while the brain is picking up these calming uh, uh, effects, you're actually not capable of hearing them. Mm-hmm. Um, a, so a, a musician like Vanessa would probably be able to pick it up because she has a perfect ear. Person is though. That's why she's uh-huh. a great artist, and and I'm I'm a record guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it, it's kind of exciting. But you know, to to make your point, it you know, especially when you talked about your own mom, and it's as we've as we've seen people go through various stages of of this disease. You know, they they lose their ability to communicate verbally and. Um, you know, they need that the, the, the depri- deprivation of stimulation only leads to further decline. And so there's a, there's a risk that happens that as the state, as the disease progresses, that the, the Alzheimer's sufferer actually gets less stimulation, not more. And, and what they really do need is more stimulation. And it, it has to be the right kind. It can't be just turning on the TV. And how many times have we walked into a home or into a facility where the TV is blasting game shows? But that is not stimulation to these people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you need to tap into those remote memories that people have, and those are preserved in the past. And that's what we're trying to do, and I think all of your guests that have spoken about this subject, including your own uh, comments, that, you know, what you're looking for is something that stimulates those most well-preserved memories and brings them to the forefront. And then that makes the care recipient more capable of of making connections and completing thoughts. And then you're having those shared moments as the caregiver with the care recipient, because I don't care if the subject matter with my mom is talking about something that happened 50 or 60 years ago. It's the Mm -hmm. fact that we're talking and she recognizes me and it puts it into a time context for her. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I I agree. I definitely, definitely agree. Now, uh, one of the things um, that I wanted to ask you was, you know, why, you know, with this technology, because you have have lots of different CDs out there, um, and maybe you want to talk about just the variety of them, but then um, roll into why did you decide a a holiday CD? So maybe tell people a little bit about some of the other music that you have as well. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, you know, we started out with a with a big box set, if you will, which is six discs, and that 
that covers music that goes from big band through vocal standards, through some instrumental uh, uh, favorites to uh, light classical. Um, it also has a DVD, which um, was produced by Tipa Snow, who many of your listeners would know through Positive Approach. And um, Tipa's a firm believer like you in music. And mm-hmm. so we partnered up, and so she's provided these this disc for us. Then we did, and this is how I met Vanessa, was uh, we decided to do a kind of a sing-along record, if you will, that covered gospel and some folk tunes that spanned, you know, decades uh, through to, you know, the early 60s. But these are all songs, you know, that are well-known to everyone. And Mm -hmm. um, the, the producer actually brought Vanessa into the studio, and she actually recorded three songs. And the minute I heard her voice, I fell in love and said, this is, you know, an artist I want to work with. And the next move was, and uh, actually the producer, I said, I want to hear more of her voice. And he sent me some tracks that she had done, uh, Christmas songs. And it was just a couple of songs. And I said, you know, why can't we do a Christmas album? It's the perfect Mm -hmm. uh, kind of memory. Everybody has positive memories of Christmas somewhere in their life. And so that's how the record became part of our catalog of, of product. And I couldn't be more thrilled than to have Vanessa as an artist and be part of this because once she, every radio person and professional that I've played this for says the same thing. She doesn't sell herself, she sells the song. And the song has such emotion in it that that only adds to the impact that it has on the person who's listening to it, in this case, the, the Alzheimer's patient care recipient. Yeah, I I agree. I she she's just a very very uh, she has beautiful tone and um, just but fun, uplifting. Um, uh, but you can just you feel the music because she feels the music, and yeah. and that does that just embeds it even more. And and utilizing you know the holiday spirit, I think, is something great because again. We all have those embedded memories, um, and you know what a great, great way. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a perfect, you know, gift for someone to buy too. Um, you know, not only can it calm them down, um, but just add joy. And it's not just for the person with dementia. It really, it works for all of us, and it's something that we can share together. And you know, uh, people are always looking at what can they do? What can they do? Well. Music is power, um, and music is comfort, and we just we have to stop overlooking that. We've got to get this this word out. You know, we talked in the earlier session about the power of music, and then you add in the technology that you have with your music, which enhances things even more. It's incredible. It's absolutely, yeah. you know, incredible. Can you tell us how you came up with the title? Uh, you know, for this, I always, I always think there's usually a story behind there. Maybe there's not, but <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I wish I could make one up that would really be good, but I, I can't <laughs> because it was, it was simply a, a play on the first. We played around with the idea of well, you know, the spirit of Christmas. You know, how do you play on that? And and it just fell into place kind of naturally to, to, to say the songs in the spirit of Christmas and because it's just it is true the songs are uh, important 
they played roles in all of our lives. I mean, I think back, I remember seeing Santa Claus at my house. I don't know if everybody else does, but I did. I know I saw him. I swear it. He even ate the cookies. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that whole thing of bringing back those memories. And, um, you know, there's a spirit. There's a feeling of giving and caring that I think happens at Christmas time um, that, uh, for whatever reason, it should be every all every day, all year round. But at Christmas time, especially, people seem to open up and want to share those family moments. And that was a big part of the purpose of doing a Christmas record was it was something that could be shared with the family in their home with their loved one. And when you think about it, eighty percent of the people that are being cared for with these this disease are being cared for at home. And so why not make this uh, an, an inexpensive, easy way that the whole family can share in, in those moments? And believe me, my mother, when, I, when the inf- entire family is around and, and the music is playing, she is more engaged and, and alive than, than, you know, I could ever, I can't even put it in words to describe the difference, how, how mm-hmm. different she behaves and how positively she behaves. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and, um, you know, Vanessa just did the, the most incredible job on this record. I couldn't have asked for more from her and, and her producer, Ricky Witkowski, who happens to live in Pittsburgh and is a great guy and just uh, put this record together and engineered it in a way that I think makes it unique and, and very special. Mm-hmm. Now, Ron, what is your what is one of your favorite songs? I mean, I, I really can't even pick because I just love them all, but if you had to pick one. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Uh, if you had to pick one, if if I were going to pick one song, I would. What Vanessa and Ricky were able to do was take a very, very well-known, popular song, obviously, and put their own spin on it. And and while it doesn't leave the tradition of the song, it just has a production quality to it that makes it so different. That again, some of my radio friends out there from all my years in the business have just come back with such positive feedback. In fact, they said, if you remember, there was a David Bowie, Bing Crosby version of this song done in the very, very early 70s, and it still tests through the roof for radio stations. And so when they heard this, they went, this could be that new version of the song. So not only is it a, a personal pick for me, but... Obviously, I have some radio friends out there that feel the same way. So it's it's okay. just exciting to be involved on, on on that level. Well, let's listen to uh, just a snippet of the little drummer boy before we pull Vanessa in here. Come, they told me, pa-rum-pa-bum-pa. A newborn king to see, pa-rum-pa-bum-pa. Our finest gifts we bring to lay Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, let me go ahead and pull Vanessa um, back into the conversation here. Vanessa, you still with us? I'm here. Uh, your voice is absolutely gorgeous, and and Ron is right that it, the drummer boy is just a beautiful, beautiful song. I have to ask you though, as an artist, what made you decide to get involved with Alzheimer's Music Connect? 
Well, honestly, um, you know, I I do have experience with this disease as well. My great-grandfather um, is in the early stages of it, and so I see, you know, what it's doing to him and also what it's doing to the family, and, you know, we're with him all the time, and it's so hard to be there and see him going through that and, you know, see him uh, struggling with that. But it's actually kind of interesting because he comes from the old country, so he came over from Italy, and um, he can't, he speaks very, very, very broken English. But when he does speak, he always ends up singing something. And we're not really sure where it's coming from, and we don't know. You know, he says, well, I used to sing in the hills of Italy and all of this stuff. But it's, when he does say things, because, you know, as it's getting worse, he's not talking a lot because it's hard. He, does, he obviously does not remember a lot. And, but when he does, he starts singing. And to me, I think that says a lot you know, and just what you guys were saying about how music just totally speaks to people. It, 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 you know, it's music therapy, and music therapy can get you through a lot of things. And um, about a year and a half ago, I started, um, I put together a show of a lot of oldies. So I would, I would sing Connie Francis and Doris Day, Etta James, Frank Sinatra, all of those kinds of songs. I put them together and um, I would take this show to the nursing homes, and um, I would sing these songs for the folks that were sitting there, and people that haven't spoken in years or people that, you know, don't interact with uh, anybody but, you know, the nurses. The nurses can't really get them to talk. They're just kind of quiet. Their faces would light up, and I, they would end up talking to me for sometimes, you know, hours about, things that they remembered due to a song. You know, they heard at last, and this one woman said, I remember exactly where I was the moment that I heard that song for the first time. You know, I sang um, I sang Mama by Connie Francis, and they started telling me about some memories that they had with their mom, you know, way back when they were little kids. And it just brings out these memories. Music brings out these memories in people, and I, I think it's, one of the most amazing things, seeing their faces light up and hearing their stories. I just think it's it's wonderful that music can can do that. It can heal and it can it can help bring life back into their eyes and bring life back to the, the their caregivers as well. Because as I said, it's you know, and you guys know, Ron, you know, with your mom, it's very hard sometimes. So um, if music can do that, I think it's wonderful, and that's why. I wanted to be a part of this because I just, I truly believe that music brings memories back to people and, you know, if it can just help them remember just for an hour, just for, you know, a few hours, then I think it's 100% worth it. Yeah, exactly. You know what, I'm going to pull in Harry Urban, who was actually diagnosed with dementia, and we'll just get his thoughts on the power of music, if you don't mind. Um, Harry, are you still with us? I sure am. Let, let, let me say one thing. Um, when, when you played that snippet, Vanessa was singing to me. The hairs of my arms stood up. Uh, it was like con- some kind of connection I had. I mean, you you hit on a million dollar solution here. That uh, I felt so good. That she has she has the voice that that um, she's singing to me. 
You know, she's not yeah. singing to anybody else in the room. She's singing to me. That's the connection I got. Uh, that's wonderful. Thank yeah, you. It, it, I got so, that makes me so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it it is. It's very, very powerful. Um, and it, it's just so soothing. Ron, what what is your thoughts to, to Harry's comments? you got to be beaming uh, well, back Har- there. <laughs> Harry just validated everything that I believe and that, mm-hmm. you know, Vanessa is, is she is a singer who, who, delivers the song it isn't about her and her style and her uh desire and in the way she wants to perform she takes the song and she owns it and um to hear harry say that he felt like she was singing directly to him that's the feeling that that i think vanessa uh does in her music and certainly it was the the very thing that i was looking for and feeling when i asked her to become involved with this so harry you just made me a very happy man (laughs) (laughs) and and vanessa i i I can't imagine what that makes you feel like as well in terms of just you know knowing validating the work that you do and the passion that you have it truly is a wonderful feeling because, like I said earlier, I mean, that's one of the many, many reasons that I enjoy music so much, and that's why I do what I do, to see the reactions of the people and, you know, to hear them, and just to make, honestly, it's to make it a difference. If I can make somebody happy or if I can make somebody smile, you know, just for a minute, I mean, that's that's honestly what I, that's what I want to do, you know, that's. That's just what makes me happy to see other people happy, and and I that means so much, Harry. So thank you. It, it truly, truly means a lot. So Harry, I'm going to throw a couple of songs out to you, and you tell me which one we should play a snippet of next. Um, Baby, it's cold outside, or um, chestnuts, or I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. What one would you like to hear? Both of them. All of them. All of them, huh? <laughs> God bless you, Harry. God bless okay. you. <laughs> well, let me. It would be. Oh, go ahead. It would be I'll a hard ahead. choice for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh-huh. it's cold outside. I've heard. I, I like to. I must know six or seven different versions of it, and I would. I would really like to hear a snippet of of, of how how Vanessa sings it. Okay, well, let, let me play that here. I really can't stay. It's cold outside. I've got to go away. It's cold outside. This evening is thin. Hoping that you drop so very nice. I'll hold your hand, set just like My ice. So what do you think, Carrie? Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I I really like Dean Martin singing it and Ron Stewart uh, singing it. Wonderful. Yeah, it, I it is beautiful. I do have a question, though. Sure. I do have a question. Um, now, we all agree that music is, is, is wonderful therapy, but I think it depends on, on the moods we're in 
I mean, you can't just you can't just say a, a certain type of music fits everything. Like some some days my moods are are uh, vastly different than other times. Like maybe maybe I really enjoy big band music, which I do, but maybe my mood is that I want to hear that. I I want to hear the more elevator type music, the the nice soothing instrumentals. I'm I'm big on instrumentals. I I just love it. And uh, things like that. So may, may, maybe this is, is, is a question for Ron. That that um, do you see a different type of music for for people living with dementia? That that you have to focus on the different moods that we're in. There's definitely, you know, obviously everybody goes through moods and, and shifts in, in what they're feeling day to day. And, and that applies, obviously, to someone who is impacted by Alzheimer's or uh, any dementia. But um, what we try to do is, is all of our packages are kind of designed around a, t- a tempo so that it's, um, you know, we do have some instrumental packages. And um, clearly, you know, some people like jazz. And so we've got some jazz offerings and and we've got some, you know, uh, standard instrumentals that were well-known tunes that are put together in methods. So, yeah, we're very sensitive to the fact that people's moods change. But I can tell you that the overall reaction in terms of positives, and we saw this when we we did a full day of filming with Peepa Snow at a facility in Atlanta, and uh, and to watch her engage with these people... um, and, and get them involved in the music. It was primarily the the, the vocal tracks of like the um, Frank Sinatra type era, and then uh, some of the folk stuff, which you know that was like Amazing Grace and and uh, songs like that. But um, there was one gentleman who was at some point in his life, Harry. He must have been a real jitterbug dancer. And he reacted to the big band record, and he actually made a move, a spin move on Tipa that he almost knocked her down because she wasn't ready for it. <laughs> and it was, I mean, even he said, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you're you're right. People's moods change, and, and we try to be sensitive in the way we put the music together in our packaging. So, yes, we're aware of it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, good question, Harry. Good question um, to get clarified for people on that. Um, Vanessa, do you have a, a favorite song that, that you like? Well, I'm kind of with Ron. I love the little drummer boy. Um, I think it's a real – we had a lot of fun just recording this album because um, we got to – we really broke it down, and um, we made it an acoustic Christmas album, so it's all stripped mm-hmm. down, and honestly, that's – what, like that's my favorite way to sing, just because it's it's very simple. And um, so this was a lot of fun. I love Little Drummer Boy, but I think probably one of my favorite ones on here is um, What Child Is This or Oh Come All You oh. Faithful. So, okay, let's go with What Child Is This. What child is this who to rest? On Mary's eyes, sleeping, whom angels greet with 
know, it's just so soothing. Your voice is just so engaging. It's just, um, I, I feel bad I'm only playing 30 seconds for people <laughs> because it's just, it's just, it really is just so, so beautiful. Um, you know, when you. I was going through and listening, you know, you have such a nice um, variety um, on there. The other one that I just wanted to play for people quick is Jingle Bell Rock because that's just kind of a classic um, too. Yes. So if you don't mind, I, I'd love to play that one here for people. Please. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing up for sure the fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. What another um, beautiful, beautiful song. Um, you know, the the list just kind of goes on um, with you know so many fun, fun songs. Um, how did how did you guys pick? I mean, there's so many wonderful Christmas songs out there. How do how do you go through that process, Vanessa? Well, uh, Rick Wachowski, who is the other producer on this album, so Rick and I, um, along with Ron, we all work together on picking all of the songs. And um, Ron kind of gave us his list, and I gave him my list. And um, we we just, you know, finally ended up coming up with 18 songs that we all agreed on and thought, these are going to be the best. We think these will bring back, you know, the most memories. These are the most popular and um, so we decided we decided on those ones. I mean, all Christmas songs are wonderful, and they all bring back different, you know, all different kinds of memories. But we thought these ones, these ones have, you know, probably the best the best chance at it. So uh-huh. that's what we did. Well, what, what Vanessa doesn't know, Lori, <laughs> is that uh-huh. part of the research process that I do is, you know, we look at do a lot of research to determine, okay, what are the top tunes that we're going to go after? And part of the uh, the list that she saw from me was actually a very researched list, and mm-hmm. fortunately the, they overlapped quite well, so there wasn't a lot of, uh, of discussion beyond that. It, it was a great matchup. She's got fabulous instincts, and um, it, it turned out to be a, a, a very easy collaborative effort. Oh, cool. That's that is so so fun. Now, Vanessa, I I wanted to ask you this question too because um usually there's something, you know, when you're working on a big project like this, there's something that stands out, uh, you know, about the process of of pulling this together. Did, was there like an aha or just a really special moment for you during this process of making this beautiful um CD Memories, The Songs and Spirits of Christmas? Well, you know how you were talking earlier about how you're not really a big fan of Christmas songs before it's time? (laughs) Uh Well, my Christmas season started in July because I was, you know, recording this album and we were doing all of this, but my Christmas shows actually start in, um, you know, early September, October. So people start getting ready for Christmas very, very early and um, there are all these craft festivals, and, and I actually showed a couple of these songs that were on the album just to test them out, 
just because I wanted to see how um, how people would react to them. And when I sang a couple of these songs, you know, people would come up to me and they'd be like, oh, my goodness, can I get that somewhere? Uh, we know it's so early still, but we want this. Is there going to be a Christmas album? Is there going to be, you know, someone <laughs> download this? And and so, you know, I said, well, yes, and I, you know, I explained to them um, about Memories, the Songs and Spirits of Christmas, and I told them about the process and, and um, all about, you know, Alzheimer's Music Connect, and, and they were just like, this is so exciting. And then they, you know, a few of them actually had said how they have family members um, with Alzheimer's and dementia and how they were so excited that um, to try this method. So that was kind of the moment for me, and I was like, this is going to be great. This is really going to be awesome. And and uh, and so I wasn't, you know, when Ron told me about all, the, all of the successes, you know, about Alzheimer's Music Connect, I wasn't at all surprised when he told me about the amazing effects and, and you know, um, how people were, were just reacting to this to this version of therapy. I mean, I just think it's wonderful. So when when I had that confirmation and when people were like, Yes, we love this, I was just like, This is gonna be wonderful and I'm so excited to, to get this out there and, you know, hopefully make a difference in, in these people's lives. And I was so oh. happy that Ron asked me to do this. So thank you, Ron. And it's been so wonderful working with you in this process too. So it's, it's well, a lot of fun. The feelings the feelings are mutual, believe me. And, uh, you know, Lori, Lori, I have to tell you, you're you're a great partner and advocate for um, not just not just for us and what Vanessa and I are trying to accomplish, but for music in general and keeping people uh, abreast of the power and, and the use and and how simple the process can be. Um, you know, it yep. does not have to be difficult. It can be quite easy, and the results are so overwhelmingly positive that that's one of the messages that I, I think sometimes gets lost. Of, you know, it it, it 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 doesn't take a big effort to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's really true. You know, so many times we complicate everything, and we make <laughs> we make it. You know, yeah. like it's got to be hard. And there are just wonderful, wonderful things that we can do to have a huge impact that don't have to cost a ton of money, that can be multi-purpose. And we have to stop overlooking them. You know, we have to stop digging yeah. so deep yeah. and just slow down and go, what brings people joy? I mean, that's really as simple as it is. What brings people peace, what gets them calm, um, what can help change their mood. Um, and, and music is just something we all use pretty much every day in our life. And we don't even realize we're, you know, we don't realize the power behind it. And, you know, once we accept that, we can embrace it and then we can really incorporate it into helping people, you know, that are struggling. And um, yeah. it's just it's it's just sad that we don't do it more. It's sad that you know in, in the, our earlier conversation in the in the first half of the show we were talking about the the iPods and the the mm-hmm. uh, Alzheimer's um, Alive um, program, Music Alive, and right. how a doctor had said, you know, I can spend fourteen hundred dollars on a script, but I can't write a script for forty dollars for music. Right. You know, right. and 
it's just so silly that we are not incorporating things that are truly working and can help benefit people. Um, and the only way that's going to change is if we all, you know, get on our high horses and start talking about this and and pushing for it. Um, you know, we're in a state of crisis with budgets right now. We have to be more economical, and, and music is very economical. It's very powerful. It's very purposeful, and um, it it affects everybody, um, you know, if it's staff, if it's family, if it's the person diagnosed. Um, you know, it just has that that ripple effect um, within us, and, and so we have to you know, I'll do everything in my power to to help uh, spread the word, you know, of Alzheimer's Music Connect and this, this beautiful, beautiful um, holiday CD. It's it's just absolutely incredible. Vanessa, do you, do you think that you might have some interest in doing um, more music with Alzheimer's Music Connect using, using their, their patented technology to, to help people with dementia? Oh, I would love to. I Like I said, this whole process has just been so fun and enjoyable for me as well as Rick Witkowski. You know, we sat, it's been, we spent many hours in the studio, you know, picking songs, and, and we really, we did our own versions of these classic Christmas songs. And um, even even the songs on Memories and Song, Brightening the Dementia Journey, um, that, you know, I, I sang Que Ra, Alleluia, and What the World Needs Now is Love. Those were my three songs, and we kind of did our own versions for that, too. So it's been an eye-opening process for me as well, and it's just been so enjoyable. So I would love, I would really love to be a part of, of you know, more albums. Um, you know, like I said, I just I just want to help out. And, and if my voice is lending that, you know, little push to, to help people remember and to bring joy back into their lives, you know, then I'm, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Cool, cool. Well, I thank you both for, you know, all your hard work in terms of coordinating and pulling this all together. I mean, I know uh, I've never done a CD, nor would you want to hear my voice on a CD, Um, but I can only imagine... (laughs) <laughs> I can only imagine the work that goes into being able to produce something like this and and get this out on, in such a timely fashion for release too. It's just a, it's just truly. I think it'll be a blessing for so many families. Um, now, in order to uh, you know to connect people to you on our page here, we do have you know you can go to Alzheimer's Music Connect. You can just click on that link; it'll bring you right to their homepage um, to get the CD, Memories, the Songs and Spirits of Christmas. Again, click on that link, and I also have a link that'll go right to Vanessa's um, website as well. So you know I. I would highly encourage people to to get this CD. I, I don't think they'll be disappointed at all in in terms of the quality of music, the joy that it brings, and like Harry said, it's it's like she's singing to you personally. Um, and there's just such a connected to, connectiveness in her in your voice, Vanessa. It's just it's it's quite quite beautiful. I'm well, gonna play. I'm going to pick one last song, and I think what I'm going to do is play Silent Night because that, again, is just another another one of the classics, and we've only touched on a few of these, but um, let's listen to Silent Night.
Wow, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful song. Um, Harry, I'm just going to pull you in and see if you have any last comments or questions. We've got about 10 minutes left. Yes, I do. You have to change the name of the CD. That's not a holiday <laughs> CD. That that CD, I'm going to play every month of the year. It's not it's not the holiday. It's not the Christmas songs. It's the music that I love. And uh, that CD is it, going to be wonderful. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful, really beautiful. Well, thank, thank you, Harry, for joining us and, and adding your comments. Um, yeah, they're always so powerful, and and you know, and it's nice to hear um, someone's thoughts who actually has the disease and and how, you know, what what's their perception of this, and so hopefully that will help some of our listeners too, in terms of again believing in the power of music. So so Harry, thank you again for participating in the in the show, and people can catch Harry at Forget Me Not on Facebook or just. Uh, you know, Google um, Harry Urban. He's all over the place doing amazing work. Um, a man with dementia on a, on a mission to to make a difference, and he is so wonderful. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Harry. Thank you, Thank you Harry. It was a privilege. It's a privilege. I I can I can say for everybody speaking with dementia, thank you because you you have given us so much joy, and that and that. That's what we need. Well, thank you. That's exactly what we were going for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Ron, Ron, any last comments that you have? Anything that you'd like to add? Well, first, just, you know, thank you so much once again for, you know, reaching out and doing the things that you do and helping spread the word of Alzheimer's Music Connect and especially for introducing Vanessa to an audience that may not have had an opportunity otherwise to meet and to learn about what she's doing musically. And, um, you know, we none of the people that are involved in this are selfish people, and we tried to price this disc to be an affordable, not only just for families, but also potentially for gifts for people. So it's available through our website, and as you said, you know, you can link right through Alzheimer's Speaks. And it's uh, it's less than twenty dollars, and um, you know I think for twenty dollars uh, it could do a lot of good for a lot of people. Yeah, oh, I I believe so. And again, it it's a perfect holiday gift um, for people. Or if you're just having a party and you want some background noise, um, you know, on a background noise, background music, um, listen to me. Um, you know, it would be it would be. I wasn't going to correct you. <laughs> I couldn't believe I said that. No, because it's so it's just so so beautiful, and um, it, you know it would be just a great great background uh, drop drop back for uh, for a party. I mean, it would just be wonderful to be able to hear that that playing. And like I said, I you know you you sent me um you know a sample and it's just like oh my gosh it's just it's just absolutely gorgeous i can't wait to play it my daughter is is pregnant um and i can't wait to play Aww. it for the baby you know it's it's just powerful powerful music so again thank you thank you so much yeah. vanessa is there, is there anything else that you would like to add and and uh say to our audience at all 
Well, I just want to say thank you to you, first of all, you know, for having me on and, and like Ron said, introducing me to your audience. Um, this has been so enjoyable and so wonderful, and you're so easy to talk with, and it's just, it's been really great, and, and Ron, you've been amazing working with, and I'm so excited to to work on some more stuff, you know, with you and, and also with you, Lori, so um, thank you very much, and, and like you said, if even if you know, you don't have the disease um, and you just want some music, you know, you can grab it and, and uh, hopefully you'll, you'll all enjoy it, so... Thank you so yeah. much for having me. This has been wonderful. Well, good, good. Well, thank you both, and you're you're doing amazing work. And um, I hope the the CD is a is a great, great success because it is absolutely um, incredible. Thank it's you. it's very thank very you. touching. And, and, and <laughs> Vanessa, I'll, uh, the contract's in the mail. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Good. Yeah, we want we want that next next CD, and you let you let me yeah, know when it's did. done. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, you guys you guys have a great week, and again, thank you both for you. for all you're doing. Bye now. You're thank very welcome. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. So again, you can uh, you can go ahead and get their CD. Just go ahead and and click on the links on the radio homepage, or go to Alzheimer's Connect Music Connect, and uh, or you can even Google Memories, the Songs and Spirits of Christmas. Uh, same with Vanessa. Um, her link to her website is right there. So um, please uh, please feel free. Again, I just think it would just be a beautiful beautiful uh, gift for for someone, or maybe just your Yourself, you know, um, and then don't forget about uh, Lisa Hirsch, who was with us earlier. Her book called "My Mom, My Hero," um, a wonderful book, a story of a, a daughter and a mother, and kind of a newfound love that they found on this journey um, through dementia. Lisa also has a blog and is on Facebook, so she's always available um, if if you need. In closing, I just want to say again, um, you know, if you found this show um, informational and powerful, please share it, um, you know, with your Google circles, with your Facebook friends. Um, you know, go ahead and email it out. You can even embed it into your website. Um, the goal is to let people know that there are resources out there, um, that, that they're not alone, and um, we're here to support them. Um, until next time, you know, try to focus on progress, not perfection, you know, when you're engaging with somebody with dementia. And remember the three simple things um, that your memory chip um, tool um, guides you with, and that is, are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? You can claim your free memory chip on alzheimerspeaks.com. Just go to the tools. You'll have to register as a, as a member, but then you'll be able to get it um, at that point. So, again, thank you all so much for being with us today. Have a blessed, blessed uh, week, and we will talk with you soon. Bye now. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.